0: So it gave them a directive toward the mission, and many of us without a warning of the conflict of events. And if you notice, within the same time, there come a great storm. Not just a storm, a great storm. You just got married. You had your first child. You bought a house. You got a car. You got some bills to pay. And you're going along real fine for two, three years and all of a sudden the boss walks up to you and says, we just sold the company. You no longer have a job. That's a great storm. That great storm. Are you listening to me, church? That great storm comes and it will blow up in your life and I guarantee you, your knees will knock together because you don't know now what you're going to do. Especially if you come to the point of retirement. You're just a few years away from retirement and now the company moved and I'm supposed to find a a half decent job to even make half what I make now? And the thing here turn with me to Mark 11 if if you would please. See the whole thing they forgot. The storm distracted them. From recognizing Jesus was in the boat. The boat is a vessel. You gotta interpret things. See, they didn't see past the nose on their face. See, some people think they're so religious that they don't even they don't even see what God's saying. God's not talking about a boat, He's not talking about a storm, He's not talking about sitting there and screaming and yelling, He's talking about having yourself in control. When the storm of life comes, whatever that storm is, finances, health, when you go to the doctor and you think you've really been doing fine the last six months and all of a sudden, the doctor says, I see some lumps. You're ready to go out and get a shot of Jack Daniels. Because you're third off your axes now. Now you forget your faith that you're supposed to trust God because God's in the boat. You're the vessel. It's about a vessel. He's in a vessel, human vessels. He makes up a boat in human vessels. He lives right in here. And when you understand that you start teaching yourself to listen to this. You won't listen to all this. Because this will always be to blow you off your relief. All the time. You'll, something will always come. It's the car. It's the job. It's the child. It's my marriage. It's this. It's that. It's my mind. I'm ready to blow to pieces. I get up many a time. Woke up 2 o'clock in the morning. Went downstairs and sat in the chair so I wouldn't wake up my wife and went down there. and just The devil was just bombarding me with all kind of stuff. Do you really believe this gospel? Do you really believe the good news? Do you really believe what you preach to other people? Hello? He'll question. He'll question your salvation. Are you really born again? Boy, you made a big blow up. You just shot off your mouth to somebody and, and express what kind of Christian you really are and they've been watching you. Hello? Now please don't misunderstand. I didn't say I was perfect from day one. i bloated it many a time and I had to learn and I had to pray and I had to cry to God and I had to go in the Word to know I'm not going to do it again. And I know years later, after I grew, after I've been through many letdowns and many heartaches and many things, the tests and the trials that God was teaching me, I had one guy that I worked with and he would not talk. He do not talk to him about God. He didn't want to hear God. <laughs> don't mention the word God or heaven. Or... But he was a nice guy to work with, good worker. And after about 20 years, I thought... I don't know if I'll ever reach that guy or ever talk to him or whatever. He'd just talk about everything and anything else. Motorcycles and welding and money. And, but he didn't talk about God. And one day he heard I was getting ready to retire to go full-time in the ministry. That was 20 years ago now. And he'd come up and he'd sit up on the table, a side of me, or work table. And he said, Tommy, I want to buy you a cup of coffee. I said, that sounds good. So he bought me a cup of coffee. I was amazed at that. <laughs> bought me a cup of coffee. So he bought me a cup of coffee, and we sit up there at the table. And he says, You know what? He said, I got something I want to say to you. I heard you were leaving. I heard you're going to retire. But he said, I wanted to see you. I told him I wanted to see you before you leave. I said, Okay. He said, I'm amazed at you. And I'm like, Whoa, oh. Some people blow you away. They watch you like a hawk. He said, I'm amazed at you the way he said, boy, I knew he was serious. He said, you don't have a 10-pound Bible laying on your workstation. He said, you don't take your 10-minute break 10 minutes early and come back 10 minutes late. Instead of 10 minutes, it's 30. He said, you don't have all these big Stickers hanging everywhere Jesus saves and all that stuff. He said, I meet them by the dozens in here. Huh? Huh? You think people ain't observing you? He said, I meet them by the dozens. He said, and they're as phony as a $3 bill. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Now he said, I cuss. I lie a little bit. He said, I drink. And he, was tell, he was telling me his old life story, and I was listening, boy. He had my attention, man. I, I was all ears, because this guy was teaching me. And he said, but one thing I learned, he said, there are those that's genuine. He said, you're genuine, and he said, if I ever decide I want to follow God, I want to know God like you do. Huh? Come on, give me a hand clap. I'm not being arrogant or bragging you can have the same testimony come your way it's a choice you have to choose yeah I wanted to kick and gouge I wanted to cuss I wanted to let the old man fly I wanted to do a lot of those things too when people you work with upset you people works on your nerves every day and all that kind of yeah I wanted to be real man I wanted to let the old man come out of there but I knew better because if I can just reach one I can reach one now, I don't know. I don't know. The Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. Now, I might see Walter one day, and he, he lived down on the outskirts of Maryland, and I might walk the streets of gold, Ken, on that day, and I might walk the Water will come up to me and say, remember me, Tommy? I'm here because of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm here because of you. Hallelujah to the Lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb. That's what matters. It don't matter about people walk on you and talk about you, and chant you down and lie about you. It's not about that. It's that. If you can impress that one, that God is real. If you can impress that one, that God is genuine. If you can impress someone in your family, reach that one someone in your family that knows you're for real and you will impress them. And my prayer is, one day somebody will order that seed. Someday, the Lord will work on His heart. And one day, maybe it's already transpired, that's been 20 some years now. And one day I can hope to see Him over there. Glory to God. Amen. Because you live the life. Yes. Jesus didn't say it's going to be easy. He didn't say your skin's not going to crawl someday. He's, he didn't say some people come up to you and they don't know how to use the mouthwash. When they breathe on you, your beard stinges. <laughs> I guess you'd think I'll never work with nobody like that. And somebody don't know what underarm deodorant is or whatever, you know. They didn't take a bath for maybe three months. Their teeth are half green. And Come on. But we live in a real world. But you've got to learn to look past that. You've got to learn to look to their soul. You've got to learn to look that that's an individual that's dying going to hell if they don't know God. So you've got to go past the smell. You've got to go past the look. You've got to go past your feeling. And you got to reach out to them and let them know. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And you've got to go where you can go to reach somebody. That's what matters. That's what Jubilees build on. My wife and I went places that were not nice to go. We went around people that I didn't want to be there. I almost had to take a clothespin. I didn't want to be there. But I knew it was ordained by God. You've got to go past that and know that God has you there because to speak to that soul because someday that week their number may be called. Someday that week a sniper bullet may take them out. Someday that week a sick 18-wheeler may run over their vehicle and take them out. Maybe, just maybe. I remember we started the bookstore out here. We were looking for shelves and I was told that there was a guy, somebody told me over here toward the landfill, and they said he has a cycle shop over there. And I thought, oh, good, we're going to talk about bikes. And I could already had these shelves, and he asked me what I was going to do, and I said, we're making a bookstore for, for our church, and we need some book racks. He said, well, I'll let you have them 12, 15 bucks a piece, and they were really in nice shape. Now we just we did when we changed to the cafe. We just got rid of them. We gave them to a person that needed them. We paid twelve or fifteen. but We passed them on for zero. We blessed somebody's life, and we got the witness to the guy. The guy we started. With. My wife started witnessing to him. He started to cry. He said, "My little son had a lung disease, and he just died. They couldn't revive him. Couldn't live." And then my wife had a chance to open the door to witness to him. She said, we lost a child too. So I could identify. So she had prayer with him. We had was able to have prayer with him and to encourage him what we're really about. To reach out, you just never know. You never know where or how or who you're going to reach out to somebody to help someone. <laughs> I got to talking to him. They called him Wild Bill. Big, tall guy, man, I think he was taller than my grandson. He was a big dude, and we got to talking to him, and he said, "I was in a car accident." He said, "I was going over toward the river here, and he said an eighteen wheeler came down, and he slowed shifted. He had a load of steel on, and he and it pushed the whole truck when he come around the corner. The whole truck shifted, ran. I think he had a little uh, Chevy salutation." Because they, they don't set too hot. And he ran right up over the front of that salutation. They had to dig him out of the car. The seat, the seat was squashed down into the bottom. He was laying in there. Almost every bone in his body was broken. His face was dislodged and his face was hanging over here. And they took him into the hospital. And they hung him up. They just put him in a room and Stretched his arms and legs up, left him hanging. He said he heard the one doctor say, "Just let him hang there; he'll be dead till morning." Wow! But the mercy of God, the mercy of God. By morning, he was still breathing. By morning, of God. By morning, by the grace of God, he was still alive. They put all his bones back together and did all kind of operations on him to put him together. And he said, "You can see I'm scars everywhere." He said but he still lived. And I looked at him and I said, Wow, Bill. I said, God's got a mission for you. I said, that ain't coincidence. I said, God allowed you to live so that you can work for Him. See, I had a chance. You can find any open door to talk about God that you want to. You just got to be bold. Ask God to help you be bold. We can talk about football. We can talk about this. We can talk about that. But don't be afraid to talk about God. God. Just open your mouth. And God said, I'll fill it. He'll give you things to say to people. And I got the witness to him. And I said, well, wow, Bill, we'll be praying for you. I said, every time I see these bookshelves, I'll think about you. My wife and I will pray. And God will move in your heart, I said, because it's not coincidence that you lived. Of course, he became a very wealthy man. because <laughs> Had a lawyer that fought for him, and the doctors just left him hanging. They didn't do nothing. They didn't give him no sedative. Didn't work on the bones, and I just left him hanging. there. And he told his lawyer about it, and he he got he got some nice bucks out of it. So did he serve Yeah. Mark 11, 20 to 24. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw a fig tree dried up from the root. Now if you go back and study, you'll see that when Jesus walked to the fig tree, it's because there was a false representation. The tree should have had figs. Jesus was hungry. He wanted to eat just like you do. You go to the grocery store and there's no groceries. You know, blow up the grocery store. What good is it if it don't have nothing there to eat? And he cursed that tree and the men were amazed that one day later he came back and the tree was dried up at the root not just the leaves but at the root he cursed the source of it and that's like people's source you've got a source in you and it's called Jesus and that source that lives in you has to be real it has to be vibrant and it has to give something spiritual fruit to people who's hungry you have to be hungry to find people that's hungry and you gotta understand, you're not just in this life to work to make money, because Jesus is coming. When He does, everything's gonna be left behind. Now, yes, we preach that God wants you blessed. Don't believe that lie that God wants you poor and begging, because nobody's poor and begging talks good. You grumble and complain if you can't pay your bills. Am I right? Yeah, ain't no, don't don't lie and say otherwise. Because if I can't pay my bills, I'm I'm not a happy camper. So the sphere of influence is right in that square that you stand in. You have to recognize the awesome power of the man that lives in you, died on that cross, was stuck in a tomb, and came out of that tomb three days later just like he said. Now that man that's resurrected lives in you. He will resurrect your life. He'll resurrect your health. He'll resurrect your mind. He'll resurrect your marriage. He'll resurrect your children. He'll resurrect your job. If that job fails, you think God don't have another one waiting on you? Yes, God loves you. When you serve God, you've got to believe that God's for you and not against you. God is for you and not against you. Amen. God is for you and not against you. Amen. God is for you and not against you. Amen. No matter what the world says, but the influence you have is in that square foot that you stand in. Everywhere you go, on the job, in the shopping mall, down to the bank, wherever you go, that influence is taken with you. And some people will urge away from you because they feel you don't even know what they're feeling. I had a young man years ago was one that really blurred me away till I knew what was going on. He st- stood a little distance and said, You ever see, you know people's looking at you? You ever sense people looking? And I said, Somebody's looking at me, man. I turned around and I looked at this guy and I looked at him about as far as you to me. He said, You know what? I don't like you. <laughs> Hello. Did you ever have that happen to you? No. Not too many people do. I had to go away a little befuddled myself. He did not like the Spirit of Light. Mm -hmm. The Spirit of Light troubled his soul. It's a spiritual thing. My soul was troubled his soul because his soul was not born again. His soul was of the spirit of darkness. Mm -hmm. What he was saying was that evil spirit was telling me he didn't like who I was. Mm I was a child of God. And he didn't like that. That spirit. Not the boy. Not the young boy. The spirit. If you ever have it happen to you, it'll blow you away because it just catch you off guard. Me and my wife would just stand there and she was shopping. She was looking through things. Just a normal day. And looking over, and out of the, here it comes. And a lot of people don't know. You know, and they get all upset and they go, away. Well, that person didn't like me and blah, blah, blah. And they, they don't even know what it is. You know, the Bible talks about you wrestle not. Against flesh and blood. You wrestle against spirits of darkness to take you out, to stop you, to discourage you. You try to go up and he'll knock you down. You try to get ahead and he'll push you behind. You try to do something good and he'll try to turn it around to evil. Come on, church, talk to me a little bit. Am I right? So he allows you to choose. I'm disciples in the boat. They had to choose while he was with them. The sun was shining. The sky was blue. And everything was going their way. Until they get out in the middle of life. Up comes this big storm. He didn't tell them about the storm. They had no idea that it was coming. You didn't have no idea the boss was going to lay you off. You didn't have no idea your company selling out. You didn't have no idea the transmission was going to fall out of your vehicle. You didn't have no idea. But the storm came. And God allows God. Don't cause it. Now don't get mixed up. The devil causes these things. The devil caused the storm. But God allowed them not to be alone in the boat. He was with them in the boat. He's with you. He's always with you. He said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. He's always with you. Say always. Always. Say it again. Always. Say it again. Always. Louder. Always. Say it like you mean it. Always. He's always with you. And let me tell you, the enemy's voice out there will be loud and try to get you not to believe that. He'll try to steal your faith that you believe God is alive. We're going to stand before him one day. He's coming back to take his bride out of this mess. I'm not focused on this crazy world. He said these things will come. Riots. We're seeing the riots, aren't you? Many of them. Not just one or two, many. Earthquakes. Many like we've never seen. More all the time. Volcanoes. Tsunamis. All kinds of things happening all the time. More and more and more. People killed. People don't think nothing about it. People losing their livelihood. and People not caring about it. You see it more. It's in your Bible. That Bible was printed. Printed by Elizabeth a long, long time ago that was printed. Before these things ever happened. And here they are. Now our generation gets to see it with their own eyes. People acting like they're crazy. People acting like they lost their happy mind. Why? Because they don't realize the turmoil is not out here. The turmoil is not the candidate that's running for president of the United States. The turmoil is right here. They have no rest, they have no peace within themselves. So they think they've got to get at everybody and everything they find out when they wake up tomorrow, it didn't change. The only thing that can change you is the Lord Jesus Christ. When you call out to him, he will change you. When when you got him in the boat, that makes all the difference. Matthew six ten says, Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we need to pray. We need to pray that God is with us. That does not mean it's going to go smooth. It does not mean it's going to be easy. He never told us that. He didn't say you're exempt from trouble. That's not in the Word of God. Look at Paul. Before he went to be with the Lord, he was beaten and thrown in prison and shipwrecked. Now it doesn't mean everybody's going to go through that. So don't get dismayed at that. doesn't mean all of us is going to. It's because Paul had a greater call in his life. So the greater the call, the more trouble you're going to go through, the more you're going to have to face, the more you're going to test. So I know what you're saying. Lord, don't call me to do too much. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's so amazing about it? I love standing up here and know all the opposition that come against me. And Sister Judy, you would not believe that little sweet lady. She's a sweetheart. You would not believe people who've gotten her face and cussed her out and said nasty things. I mean, I'm talking right up in her face, said things. Bless her heart, she just smiled, said, "God love you." <laughs> See, that's when you know you got something. You can't allow the devil to disturb what you have. What you have is the only genuine thing on planet earth. And it's the only genuine thing that's going to take you out of this earth. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Say God said. said. Let's stand to our feet and give Him some praise today. Are you glad you come? Now, remember what I just taught you. You might go out here and have a flat tire. I hope not. You open the trunk, and the trunk tire is flat. And, you <laughs> and your tow truck card just expired. <laughs> so I will call Pastor and see if he can take me where I'm going. I'll take you to lunch. Amen. 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 Thank God that we have Jubilee. Thank God, yeah. Thank God that, that they didn't beat on our doors. Thank God that they didn't come in here with a n one and make me sit down. Thank God that they didn't make us close. Thank God that we didn't have to have masks and hazmat suits and boots and Gobble wrap. God forbid. <laughs> I like that genie, she helps me preach thank God thank God we prayed for our adopted grandson here Tyler he got his new job a couple months ago down at Baltimore and he's a car salesman BMWs and he just told me this morning when he got up and come out he says Pat Paul I sold 12 this month So that gives him an extra bonus. So you see, God's working. God's working. Don't pay no attention to those mealy mouth hypocrites. God's working. I like what God does here. It's irreversible. God's a good God. We need to praise him. Sister here, I like I like when people come to me one on one and tell me stuff. That meant a lot to me what you told me. You may not realize it or may have not told you, but she said, Pastor, do you know this is the first church? She said that I spent more years in... She said I used to hop from church to church to church to church. See, God put her still. God left her find a place where you got a Papa that loves you. And I love him too. We're so blessed. And that makes me feel good when one of my children tell me that, you know. You know, they love what they get. You're my buddy. You're my buddy. I love you. you And... uh, and they come and tell me, because I like to be encouraged. You know, a pastor, he pours out his heart. He goes home and sits in a chair with his iced tea. Empty. Because I give you all that the Spirit puts in me. i pour out into you. And now I need someone, someone to text me a kind word or just to say, I love you, Pastor. I'm thinking about you. Praying for you. I loved your message today, Pastor. He said, think highly of others above yourself. That's when you'll get the shower of blessing. When your heart is toward... That's what Jesus... Do you know when He died on the cross, when He was suspended? <laughs> While they were breaking His heart, you were on His mind. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Huh? His persecutor. Those that assassinated him. Those that tortured him. They were on his mind. Because why? See, we don't understand that kind of love. You know why? Because hell. If people could get a glimpse of hell. Whew, I can't even begin to imagine, even though I've preached about I can't imagine how horrible. And what he's saying, those things that you see, those riots, those looters, People that murder, they have no idea what hell's going to be like. And that's what he meant when he said, Father, forgive them. He's talking about down through the eons of time. He's talking. All the people that do things they have no idea what they really don't know what they're doing. That's why he said, Forgive them. He forgives us. He's a great God, a good God. Even when I make mistakes, I love to go to him with tears, and I like to say, Father, please forgive me. Forgive me I wasn't too nice. Or maybe I said something that was off colored Lord. Please forgive me for that. And I know he does. I know he he says if you call, he hears and he answers. And I can feel his presence, you know. He'll cleanse you. He'll come back and re-cleanse you for something that you knew wasn't just right. And if you think you never do nothing wrong, you're the first one. (laughs) You're the first one in Christendom. Because in Christendom, everybody... You think stuff, you go away and you think stuff about somebody, that's a wrong. You go away and you can't wait to tell somebody about somebody, that's a wrong. You don't have to be cursing and swearing. You don't have to be drunk. You don't have to be smoking dope. Just little things like... that. The little one's helping me to preach. She's saying, okay, Pastor, that's enough. God bless you. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And show yourself friendly. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you a hug. Thank you.